Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Allman, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Alec Lapp. Alex, what's up again? Well, Mike, we uh, didn't actually finish that yeah. set review last yeah. time, so we're going yeah, to get back in there and uh, take care of the rest of these. And this time, it's going to be the multicolored spells. The multicolored and the no-colored. And the no-colored, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I'm excited to get into it. I'm going to try something weird, uh, okay. I think. Uh, so first thing I'm going to do, we talked about a lot of cards on the last episode, and we didn't even finish, right? No, we finished the monocolored. Well, I meant, I meant for the set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what if somebody got through all of those, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so many cards, I'm so tired, and they didn't listen to like the last couple of minutes of the episode, right? Because they're just so exhausted from all of the cool cards that they're going to get. God, why would they do that? Well, I it, listen, because sometimes some people have a bad day, I guess. I don't know. I What I want to do is justify the idea of putting out our affiliate link in the beginning of the episode rather than the end of the episode, because oh, now I'm sure. sure people have to listen to it twice. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, hey, everybody. Any of the cards that we've talked about, any of the cards that we're about to talk about, all the cool stuff to have awesome social interaction at your table with EDH, uh, you should pick them up because obviously, why wouldn't you? And if you do so, if you go to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social, we'll put a link on our show notes here, uh, you're going to be able to support us by doing so. That takes you to our affiliate link at TCG Player, where you can buy all of the cards, deck boxes, sleeves, playmats, etc., everything that they have to offer. And you're going to be able to help out our our, our, our little uh, operation here at the same time. And well, first of all, thanks. We appreciate that. Uh, and second of all, we know that you're out there listening and you're buying cool stuff that we're talking about. We appreciate that. Um, speaking of buying cool stuff, Alex, I think we should go. I think we should go with the 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 colorless cards first, just because there's only a couple, mm-hmm. and we're going to hit so many multicolored cards that have so many options, and their commanders, and so much card text. I want to talk about these things first. Give me a palette. Uh, it's not a cleanser. Uh, give me right. an appetizer to uh, all of the cool stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, I was uh, going to suggest something similar that we should Perfect. Uh, do the spells first, and yeah. then... After that, we'll do the commanders. Okay. So that the commanders don't overshadow all these cool spells. Because okay, so holy yeah. moly, these commanders, Mike. Right. So, okay, we're going to talk three things today then, okay? If, I, if I've got this right. We're going to uh-huh. talk colorless cards. We're going to talk multicolored, non-legendary spells. I mean, the colorless cards and the multicolored, non-legendary spells are the same. Oh, sure. I don't know if our listeners need to hear this discussion. No, I love it. Uh, let, let let them know. This is this is this is what we go okay. through every time. Well, let's go so, ahead okay. and get started with yeah. their plain Jane colorless spells, and we're going to start with one that's uh, fascinating. It's great. To be honest with you, <laughs> yes. Uh, false floor. I'm very excited about this card. Yeah, Alex. what on earth is this thing, Mike? Uh, four for an artifact. False floor enters the battlefield tapped. Creatures enter the battlefield tapped. So we've got you know a tempo effect. We've got a yeah. You know it's cool. All right, fine. Uh, pay two. Tap false floor, exile false floor, exile all untapped creatures, activate only as a sorcery. I 
I Jeez love the Louise. shenanigans of this card. Oh my gosh, my! I love the is, shenanigans of this card. This is Navinural's disc level rattlesnake. Like no one is allowed to play the game without thinking about the implications of what creatures they do and do not have untapped when you right. could ostensibly activate this on your turn. Right. People aren't going to want to leave anything up. Well, and here's the thing: Nev's disc is a is a heck of a rattlesnake, right? Yes. But it is a, like, ooh, I don't know about that. Well, do they want to wipe their board, too? Maybe not. You know, right. you can usually see Nev's disc coming. As far as, like, when is the situation that they're going to blow up the world, right? Mm-hmm. With False Floor, it's a, it's a little bit more limited because it's sorcery speed for the activation, and it only deals with creatures. But as a person who's in charge and the person who's the person who owns False Floor... Being able to just be like, hey, you know what? You need to tap all these creatures. Because <laughs> if they are untapped, they're within threat range if it gets to my turn. I like yeah, that a lot. This is just... It's so dangerous. Um, I mean, talking specifically about exiling people's creatures. And not just exiling them, but threatening to exile them, right? There's yeah. this feeling that if they are on the ball enough that they could you know, prevent it. They don't, I'm just play it safe, right? They leave all their creatures tapped down. They just Mm -hmm. never have any blockers. Um, or they are always attacking and just incidentally have no blockers or they just don't play out any creature spells. That chilling effect that we see with Nev's disc where people are not willing to play out their spells because they're worried. Yeah. Yeah. And the game slows down. And you think about it too. It's, it does have the exact same effect that way for creatures with Nev's Disc because you cast a creature unless you have a way to tap it the second, you know, you know that that turn. It's gonna have summoning sickness. It's very hard to tap that creature unless you've got other onboard effects mm-hmm. that are allowing you to tap it for a different reason. So a lot of people aren't gonna cast their creatures anymore. Oh, except for no, never mind. They, the creatures enter tapped. Okay, they all do, right. The, yes. ca- the card is more fair. The card is more fair. Um, <laughs> It's, I, I do like it. I That's do the like interesting it. aspect, right, is you're, you say it as though that stacks aspect is making the card more fair because it makes them not vulnerable mm-hmm. to being distra- to being exiled on, excuse me, mm-hmm. on their first uh, go around the table. Right. But this is also uh, stopping people from playing out creatures as blockers at all. There right. is no, oh, let me just put down a, a flasher blocker and let me make a token to, to defend myself. This is a very aggressive style piece. This is a piece that I think I've said this several times before in our previous review, but it wouldn't feel out of place in a forced combat deck. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was thinking about this and uh, it's kind of funny. I made a Thantis deck a couple weeks ago before the spoilers started coming out. Yeah. And I made an Atraxa deck based off of our conversation we had very recently. That was a great one. And I went, oh, this set basically just says, hey, uh, enjoy these two new decks that you made. Yeah, make because the deck here's a lot of Because nu- here's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And uh, False Floor is a pretty cool card, and I do like it. Uh, let's talk about another weird card <laughs> as far as... I don't know if a forced combat deck, but definitely one you have to think about. It's quite a little uh, rattlesnakey. It, yeah, it's got a lot of, uh, of oomph to it, at least word-wise. Why don't you talk to me about Weathered Sentinels? Yeah, this is an interesting 
one here. Weathered Sentinels is three generic for an artifact creature wall. And uh, hang on to your hats, people. Defender, Vigilance, Reach, and Trample to mm-hmm. two five. Weathered Sentinels can attack players who attacked you during their last turn as though it didn't have Defender. And whenever Weathered Sentinels attacks, it gets plus three, plus three, and gains indestructible intent until end of turn. So when everything is moving, falling into place mm-hmm. here, we have a five eight with indestructible, vigilance, reach, and trample, and it loses defender. Basically, it doesn't have it. Um, it's interesting because typically a body alone is not something that is desirable to commander players in general, no matter how good mm-hmm. the body is unless it's like really really high step but even then right we have these enormous creatures we have like the 1616 impervious great worm that's let's trample right. and indestructible i believe whatever it has but yeah, we yeah. have we have the big boys the big eldrazi the stompies usually those have some kind of utility on them like critter hoof behemoth eldrazi have these big casting or etb effects Whereas this is just a body, but it's a body with a lot of keywords that yes. maybe keyword soup decks like this. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going with yeah. it in the first in the first position because yeah. like, oh, keyword soup. This is pretty good. Honestly, That's starting to be a deck type. Uh, Arcades just as a defender, like it, right. it, it doesn't because it still has defender. It just it can does. attack as though it doesn't have defender. So, so that's pretty cool a, aspect. An eight eight basically. Yeah, yeah. and. An eight-eight vigilance reach trample blah blah blah, blah 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 yeah like it, it, it yeah I even I don't know even if it's a just beater. a three mana artifact it's yeah. it's not bad you know it, once upon a time artifact creatures cost way more like you'd get a three three for seven yeah just like because, those oh, old leviathans we were talking about last episode yeah. with the downsides. Yeah. Oh, it's generic mana. Well, like, you can pay yeah, anything. I mean, with you can that, pay. So we should any, make yeah, it more expensive. Exactly. Ah. We got to make it worse. And now, make, and now, three, three for five or something. And now it's more of a hey, does the deck go get infinite mana? Fifty percent yes, fifty percent no. As far as just in, in a build, and Is we have to possible? talk about the the reason why I've picked it here, and that's that yeah. it can only attack if you've been attacked by that person, by that same player, exactly. Yes, which is good. It's a very good rattlesnake. It, it's right. a I mean, in Artifact Matters decks, in Keyword Soup decks, things like that, three mana, that ain't bad. It's it's not a right. bad return on it value. It has the for, Vigilance, so attacking yeah. as indestructible, it's going to stay up, and then it's going to remain a blocker. Uh, I dig it a lot. It can block flyers. It's going to beat in for damage. I don't know. It has utility on it. This is definitely not like a, oh my gosh, card, but this is... Uh, no. You know, we we want to talk about these little rattlesnakes yeah. too because this could see fit in anything that's uh, combat damage matters. Uh, you know, know fly men unblockable, all that good stuff. It's silly. I kind of want to put it in my forced combat deck. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's yeah, just... you can attack me, but I've got yeah. a statue. I'm going to beat you with yeah. a statue. Yeah. It, anyway, it go- you have to attack. You have to attack somebody with that one one mana door or with that right. one one whatever. Um, and by the way, if you attack me with it, I'm going to come back at you with a five, eight vigilance trample indestructible, indestructible. Let's yeah. go. And uh, yeah. So we have, it's we had those pretty solid, those two colorless spells, um, no lands that, that we were too into in this set, but Mm-mm. that's, you can't 
expect every set to have Boseju. What do we have in Kamigawa? Right, right, oh right. my god. Yeah. These channel lands, we can't have those in every set, Mike. I pulled two of the Boseju and just went, did you know you what? Really? This is fine. I did. Lucky. And I, I I ended up ordering a lot of singles from that set, but I, I like to get a box if I can, just because I like I like doing the draft stuff, you know. I just kind of buy list the singles, dude. Like at, at this point, I yeah. just I just buy list them. I don't I don't make an effort to go out like, oh, I got to get it because I know that mm. it's going to be expensive. Right sure. Off the bat. I, anyway. I I you know we, we've got a hookup, you know, referred oh. to affiliate link. So uh, <laughs> but, I see what you're doing. Okay, so exactly. we have. We have a lot of multicolored spells. I'd like to start really do. with the non-commander multicolored spells so that we can get to that juicy stuff in the back half of the episode. So we have a couple of cycles here, this uh, new charm cycle, and we have new confluence cycle mm-hmm. uh, based on these new three-color guilds that we have. Uh, they're not wedges. They're not shards. They're the new Kapana guilds, and we have right. uh, some spells that we were interested in. The, uh, the charm cycle's uncommon, so we'll keep that in mind as we look at these spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one is Obscura Charm. This is uh, white, blue, black. That's three mana for an instant. Choose one. Return target multicolored permanent card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Or counter target instant or sorcery spell. Or... Destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. Uh, Mike, this is not bad. This is it's some really, really good bad. options on there. Uh, three mana specific counterspell with yeah. different options. Good. Three mana return a multicolored permanent. Multicolored permanent with mana value three or less is... Mm. A decent amount of hoops, but it's not bad as an alternate option on a three-mana counterspell. Right. You would uh, definitely want to take a look at your deck list to see how yeah. many permanents that would hit. But I bet in some decks that hits almost all of them. Yeah, there's 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 one. You know, there's there's got to be a couple. Um, but destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less nice. on top yeah. of everything else. Yeah. Those are both really good. Instant and, speed. Yeah. Yeah. This is worth saying, right? We look at these more restricted counter spells like Swan Song and, and then like those really esoteric counter spells like Warping Whale, counter target sorcery spell. I don't think people appreciate that some of the most devastating spells, the ones that you really don't want to happen, spot removal, uh, wiping the board, taking an extra turn, all of these are instant and sorcery effects. And those can't be spot removed, right? You have to deal with them now or you never get to. And that's why these more limited counterspell effects that only hit instant and sorcery like Obscura Charm, you can't just write that off like it's not a real counterspell. It is. Yeah, I mean, let's be totally frank about it. White, blue, black, that's not a fun counterspell. But... No. But that's an option. It's an option onto... If this was... White, black, destroy right. target creature or planeswalker oh with God. mana value three or less. Broken. That'd be great. But oh, even yeah. if it was just that, that was yeah. just the one option. That'd be a really good card. Yeah. White, black, Adding blue to option. give it the counterspell ability yeah. and for the... Again, I, th- I feel like the return target multicolored permanent mm-hmm. card with mana value three or less from the from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. I feel like that's the worst of the three options. I mean, here's, but, here's the other thing you consider, right, is that some people, and especially in white, blue, black, mm-hmm. you're running a low-to-the-ground commander exactly. that you might exactly. be sending to the graveyard anyway to reanimate. 
That's 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 where I'm at. The, right. the, okay. It's 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 overall. I think it's like of the three options that I could have on a card, it's probably the one that I would be the least excited about. Right. But in a, in those three colors, in a deck that I think this would fit into, because it also fits those other aspects, there's a good chance that you're going to be able to use it for that. There's a lot of pieces that are multicolored permanents of three or less that you want to get back onto the battlefield because that's that can be what makes your deck sing, right? right. And I, I, I like Obscura Charm as a uncommon, hey, it's right. not going it to be busted. Yep. It's going to be versatile. And that is the, the thing, that's, right? That's is enough. For an instant, the requirements are a little different for the modal options, right? Because mm-hmm. for an instant, you have to hold that mana up if you want to cast it as an instant and not just basically as a source for on your own turn. Um, And when you're holding mana up, it's good to be prepared for multiple different situations because what if you don't need to counter anything? You're holding the mana up anyway. You can use that opportunity to reanimate or you can hold that counter spell. Right. Being able to hold mana up for multiple different options at once, again, like you said, even though they are uncommon level options, Still worth a look, and this will, as an uncommon, be very cheap. Yeah. Yep. If you top deck this, I don't think you get it and say, well, there's no opportunity I'm ever right. going to have to ever have any. It'll sit in your hand until you need it. Yeah. yeah. Good card. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. What do you what do you got for me next? That uh, is I, the only charm. There are okay. other charms in the cycle, but they aren't really in a wheelhouse. That one I picked out as a uh, as counter magic, which is something that we do yeah. care they're, about. To they're good. The game. They're interesting. Right. But. You can check out your your favorite guild's charm, see what you got. But let's look at the confluences. These are more designed for commander. They are in the commander set part of New Capena. Let's look at Obscura Confluence, and we'll kind of see those differences. This one costs an additional mana. It's uh, one generic, white, blue, black. That's four mana total for an instant with choose three. That is how Mm -hmm. confluences go. You may choose the same mode more than once. Uh, first mode is until end of turn. Target creature loses all abilities and has base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Mm. Very nice. Second option, target creature connives. Now, for those of us just joining us, uh, connive is draw a card, then discard a card. If you discarded a non-land card this way, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. Okay? Mm. And the third option is target player returns a creature card from their graveyard to their hand. It's a good card. So we can choose all three of those, or any mm-hmm. combination of the three, you choose the same one three times. Mike, what mode... Here's my question to you. If you were to cast mm. this, just in general, what would you say your default mode selection would, would tend toward? If I'm casting it, yeah. I'm probably going to make target creature lose all abilities, have pace, power, and toughness oh, for one, sure. one, and then do two other cool things. Yeah. You know, like, the idea of, hey, uh... Your commander is going to do something silly. I'm going to make it a 1-1 that does nothing else, and I'm going to put these two creatures into my hand. Or, you know, if I've got if I've got a creature on the field and, I, you know what, I want to loot a little bit. Cool. I'll connive. You know, it, it's, it's a good – I like the confluence. I like the, you know, choose three. You can choose the same thing multiple times. Right. Heck, if, if there's a board – if there's a damage board wipe, okay, great. Those three 8-8s are now 1-1s. You know, make sure it hits right. everything. 
It's a. Uh, I, I like obscure concepts. The other thing, this could eat an Alpha Strike, right? Because an Alpha Strike usually relies on a few creatures at the top end, and then a bunch mm. of little guys to clean it up, maybe. So you have somebody's commander, like you said, right now it's in one one. It doesn't matter what's equipped on it, what's enchanted onto it with any auras. This is a newer timestamp, so it's going to lose all of those abilities until end of turn and be sure. base toughness uh, and power one one. This reminds me of uh, sudden spoiling. Mm-hmm. It's one black black and instant with split second until end of turn. Creatures target player controls lose all abilities and a base power and toughness zero two. Um, that has a lot of versatility, and I think the first mode of Obscura Confluence has a lot of that versatility as well, offense and defense. Yeah, it's the confluences are all are, are always kind of interesting right. because again, it's hey, we're going to pay a little bit more mana, and we're going to do extra stuff. But, I mean, heck, uh, four mana for, even if it's draw two, discard two, and this thing gets base power one, one, and loses all abilities, I feel mm-hmm. like that's a really good return on value. Yeah. So, I'm all I'm all for Obscura sure. Confluence. That's pretty good. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Obscura Interceptor. So, this is one white, blue, black, again, Obscura for this set, uh, for a 3-1 Cephalid Wizard with Flash and Lifelink, and when Obscura Interceptor enters the battlefield, it connives. When it connives this way, return up to one target spell to its owner's hand. So, again, you're going to draw a card, discard a card. If you discard a non-land card, you put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature, which in this case is the Obscura Interceptor. But 3-1 Flash, Lifelink, get back a spell or put a spell back into its owner's hand. Yeah. Remand a spell. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird, it's not a counter spell, but like you said, it's a good remand. It's closest to, to mystic snake. Yeah. It's a, it's a flash in creature counter spell, but it doesn't, it remands it. Um, I dig it. Yeah. This, this is an interesting one because you get that loot effect. Um, you can ostensibly make it a potentially make it a four two with lifelink. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's also a wizard, right? Yeah. Um, so the do do the effects multiple times, right? That lots that of, one lots of wizard iterations where you get yeah. two two remands now. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, it's yeah. It's a cool. It's a cool little creature here. It I is. also so okay. Let's say I play uh, approach of the second sun. You love that spell so much. Well, I'm just, it, it's a card that says you win the game if you cast it twice. I think that's silly. Um, if I cast that spell and then I obscure Interceptor and I cast that spell, but it goes back to my hand, if I then cast it again right after that, do I win? Because it doesn't say it has to resolve, right? Uh, approach of the Second Sun requires you to have cast it before. So if the first uh-huh. time that you cast it, it gets bounced and then you cast it again and that time it resolves then that satisfies the requirement and you will win the game. There you go. Cool. So don't <laughs> remand Approach of the Second Sun. Always yeah. hard counter it. Fair enough. Or just there let him know. win. Yeah, or just let him win. Yeah, either way. Uh, really. But yeah, no, it's it's Obscure Interceptor is is cool in your own stuff, but also just the the fairness of, hey, you can have that spell, but now's not the time. 
<laughs> we're gonna, we're just gonna put that back there. No. What stop. if we don't want them to have that permanent? Now's not the time. What what obscura base spell would we use then? Well, I mean, <laughs> if you want that, we can move on to our next one, which is void rend. Mm. Um, it's 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 very direct. <laughs> so white, blue, black, uh, instant. This spell can't be countered. So there is that. Um, destroy target, not land permanent. Gone. Okay. Yeah. Effective. I, it's, I, man, the idea of destroy that, can't counter it for three mana, it's pretty good, right? There's a lot of, you know, destroy target permanent or exile target permanent that are pretty cheap. But yeah, those go down to two at this point, but uncounterable kind of adds on to that cost. It really does. I, 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 man, I, I think the more competitive that you're playing, the more that you're in for that. You know, well, when you're idea. whipping this one out, this is uh, this is when it's right. Maybe you're on yeah. like turn eight or nine, and it's like, listen, if you don't kill that Kyrick, we're all going to lose the game, right? And you know they're sitting with a counter spell in hand because they're about to try to win. Uh, that's where uncounterable can really make a big difference. It's 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 good. It's really good. I like uh, I like Voidrend is just a no. I have the answer. Back off. Right, you know, so there's not that cool. much removal that can't be countered. Um, I know Supreme Verdict is a board wipe that can't be countered, but mm-hmm. uh, no. oh, there was uh, Abrupt Decay. That's the other famous yeah. spot removal that can't be countered. Yeah. Anyway, and and also non land permanent, very good. Lot, yeah, lots this, of this will hit anything, anything but a land, yeah. and uh, and that is your guy's useful. cradle is safe for now. For that's now, it. Um, let's move on to our next confluence here, okay. Maestro's confluence. Uh, three blue, black, red. Choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. Return target monocolored instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Pretty good. Uh, target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. Okay. And goad each creature target player controls. Let's go. Let's goad. Let's goad. I I like Maestro's Confluence. Right, we need to... Talk about this. This is significantly yeah, yeah, yeah. more expensive than yeah, Obscura oh, yeah, Confluence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a six mana sorcery, by the way, and the other one's an instant. Mm-hmm. However, for our trouble, we get a very strong mode. Go to each player target, each creature target player controls. Um, where if we just took that, then we could compare it to Disrupt Decorum, right? Which is a four mana spell. Sure. So for our trouble, we're paying two more mana. What other options can we take? We also have getting back an instant or sorcery. And we also have uh, basically minus X, minus X based spot removal. And that can be scaled up a bit, right? You can give it the minus six, minus six to minus nine, minus nine if you need to. Sure. But I mean, I, do I you would, think I you're mainly you're using Goat? And if so, would you not just use Disrupt Decorum? I mean, here's the thing. How, how, how often does it have, how often is there such a bad board state mm-hmm. to where you need to goad all three other opponents? I'm not saying that you goad all of them necessarily every time. Yeah. But I'm saying that you're, you definitely want to use that mode because it's the best one. In my opinion, it's the best one. Sure. Uh, but then what else are you filling out the rest of your three options with? Well, return target monocolored instant mm-hmm. or sorcery from my graveyard to my hand. Even like, uh, what's that one? 
instant that we all love so much. Well, what was what was the what was the option that you gave me instead of Maestro's Confluence for goading all? What 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 spell did you just refer to? Uh, you could get Disruptacorum back. You could just get Disruptacorum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just cast that again. Yeah, I'm gonna Everyone's cast like, Disruptacorum. Oh my God. Okay, Maestro's Confluence. Yeah. Uh, you two are goaded. Also, I'm gonna get Disruptacorum back. Now like, make sure that you don't goad until the following turn because stacking go doesn't yeah. do anything. There you go. Um, but yeah, like I I like Maestro's Confluence because the amount of cards returning an instant or sorcery to your hand mm-hmm. from your graveyard. So something that was good enough for you to cast before, returning it again. That's, yeah, that can that's be a ramp, good effect. Spot removal yeah. that can be mind control, take an extra turn. Lots of those right. are monocolor. It can be a lot of really good cards. Yeah. So six mana. Go bring that back and then do two other things. How often do you think you're pulling on the minus three, minus three effect? Unless it's killing something, I'm probably not doing it. Right. I mean, it would have to, right? And and to, yeah. and to do that, I mean, you'd probably have to use the mode more than once to hit most significant things. So I guess... that mode feels rather weak, yeah. even though it does go through indestructible. I'll tell you what, though. It okay. Let's say I let's say I decided that I wanted to return a sorcery to my hand. Mm-hmm. I wanted to kill somebody's. How I, what, I don't know. What's a really scary two? Uh, Lotus Cobra. Sure. Okay. That. Uh, I was going to say that, or I don't remember what Thrasios is, but I don't think he's super. Uh, isn't Thrasios like a two four? Let me check. Uh, maybe it's a two four. Uh, but like, there's there's enough commanders that are toughness three or less. But if this was a well, Thrasios is a one three, you could hit the Thrasios. There you go. Right. So uh, let's say I, I'm going to return a sorcery to my hand. I'm going to kill a Thrasios, and I'm going to go this other token deck. Awesome. I'll pay six mana for that. Hmm. I'm setting people back, and I'm returning a resource. This player that would be an onboard threat is going to onboard threaten other people for right. me. And I'm going to set one other person back a little bit. I, six mana, it's a high cost, but it's not a bad card. Here's the I, other I, thing I, to consider, right? It is six mana. Yeah. And that is a high cost. It's also a sorcery, which means you're spending your entire turn on this. Oh, yeah. Or most of it. I... I, if this was a six mana instant, I'd be I'd be. No, I'm not suggesting that it could it. or should be an instant. What I'm right. saying is that you're committing your entire turn to resolving yep. this spell, basically. But if you're in the right situation, I think that's the thing with all the confluences. If you're in the right situation, yeah, this is going to be your entire turn. But you are going to set back multiple people, or you mm-hmm. are going to just completely wreck one person pretty easily. Goat is nice because it has this ongoing effect that just kind of keeps people in hysterics. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because here, yeah, it's, it's an, you you said ongoing and that's not to confuse it. It's that turn that they have to deal or it's their next turn. They have to deal with it. But if you have an effect on your turn that says your blank has to do blank. That really throws off some of the other synergies that you had before. Mm-hmm. Unless you're unless you're, you know, drawing cards on everybody's turn so you're getting new strategies and new effects and new whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Usually what happens at the end of my turn, I'm going to do this. Great. Next turn, 
this is what I plan on doing, unless I top deck something or unless the board state changes a lot. Goad is pretty disruptive to all of that. It is, and and Goad can also be used as a form of spot removal, right? Because mm-hmm. some of the most valuable creatures, utility creatures like Thrasios, you don't ever want to attack with Thrasios. Why would you ever attack right. with Thrasios? You're using the ability. But if you goad someone, you force them to attack with all of these utility creatures, which can then be blocked mm-hmm. and sent to the graveyard. Exactly. So, okay, you know what? Uh, another creature that's more than three toughness, but you don't want it to attack. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you're going to be the one who's goaded. And I'm going to kill this other thing instead. And it's, it's also it's defensive, a, right? They're, yeah. Maybe they plan an Alpha Strike next turn. Okay, yeah. well, that Alpha Strike's going. It's not going just, on you. It's just not going here. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our next one. Okay. Uh, why don't you talk to me about our next Confluence? Sure, Riveteer's Confluence. Mm-hmm. That's the new Jund. Two black, red, green. That's five mana for a sorcery. Choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. First mode, you draw a card and you lose one life. Okay. Always a good mode. Second mm-hmm. option, Riveteer's Confluence deals one damage to each creature and planeswalker you don't control. Okay. All right. I mean, it's, we've seen some red effects that like to do that sometimes. Sure. Uh, third option, you may put a land card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield tapped. You that, can't see me, but I'm dancing. Yeah, that one's <laughs> nice because that means that between draw card, lose one life, and uh, landfall... This is never a dead card, right? No. You're always going to either have a fetch land in your yard or in hand or want to draw a card to find those lands. So, yeah, we have that middle option that seems to be the odd one out. You can maybe get some utility off of it depending on the kind of deck you're running, maybe sure. a burn deck. But those other two modes are almost always applicable, Mike. Five mana, draw three, lose three Yeah, is not an, is not an awesome card. But it's not an unplayable card, especially if you're not playing blue. So five mana, draw a card and lose a life, plus, hey, do you have lands in your hand or your graveyard? Go ahead. This is the other thing we should talk about, right, is the spell resolves in order. So if you choose the top mode, draw a Uh land with it, then by the time we get to the third mode, you are allowed to put that land that you just drew onto the battlefield. Right. So you can, uh, you know what, I'm going to draw two and mm-hmm. And maybe I get a land. And I'm also going to pick yeah, land perfect. from my hand in the battle. Yeah. So you got your options here. Riveter, this is Riveteers? Riveteers? Riveteers. Uh, Confluence is a good card. I think it's my favorite of the three so far, but that's just because I'm it's Battle safer. Cruiser, Magic it's Guy, safer. safer. Yeah. Yeah. Like the downside, we were talking about the other cards as far as there's something that it can do pretty easily mm-hmm. right it, it, like i see the value but i'm always going to see the value in this it is the safest it's the easiest and i i always lean ramp if i can help it plus a card right. that ramps you a card that gives you the opportunity for ramp and draw mm-hmm. it's pretty good i dig it yeah this one uh, is uh, quite nice yeah uh let's talk about uh let's let's take a break from the uh the confluences for literally one card here and go to uh, unleash the inferno Mm -hmm. one black red green for an instant unleash the inferno deals seven damage 
to target creature or planeswalker. When it deals excess damage this way, destroy target artifact or enchantment and opponent controls with less mana value with mana value less than or equal to that uh, amount of excess damage. I apologize for reading that card weird. Here's what it is. Deal seven damage to target creature or planeswalker and then trample the the mana cost of yeah, an artifact or enchantment. There's no easy way to explain this one. It's so weird. It's it's the ultimate two-for-one potential, right? It's based yeah. right out of the card. You decide the amount of two-for-one you get. Do so mm. you blow up the utility creature, and then you have a bunch of mana to hit their big artifacts? I don't know. I think that what you do with this depends a lot more than usual spot removal on what right. people have with normal spot removal. You're like, eh, I'll just hit the best thing that somebody has. It's going to cause some problems with this well, one. You really need to make that decision very carefully. And here's the other part of it. Like ev- everything else aside, say the math on that, uh, you know what? Say, say I've got dumb brain going on right now. Okay. Oh my God. You caught that. Uh, I, I did, but I did. Um, but say, say I just, I can't do it. I, I I don't know. I, I don't know. Seven mana for, mm-hmm. or sorry, seven, seven damage mana. for four mana. Seven mana would be a bit oh. much. But four four mana, seven damage, it's not mm. a bad return. It's not a great return. It's not a bad you return. You definitely, I mean, I don't necessarily think that the best use is putting all, unless you're getting something big with all seven. I think that you really want right. to try to go for the two for one. But that, you should exactly. Yeah. I, I'm I'm more in the you know what if this is deal six damage to a creature and blow up a soul ring, great. It's pretty fun. You yeah. know, and, that's and, worth you know nobody. Minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's where we're at. I mean, there's there's times where disenchant somebody's soul ring if they're that first player. That's something that happens all the time. So this is uh, reminding me of artifact mutation has the same kind of gambit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. spot removal that is rewarding you for choosing a higher mana value uh, artifacts because you get more tokens out of it. This one's a little bit different in that you choose the split. It's like, okay, I want to hit it for two, and then I'm going to take out that five CMC artifact or mm-hmm. whoever you want to split it. You're making a decision based on what's on the board and well, seeing what you can right. set, knock down. But you, but the, the other part of this is that it has to deal seven damage and then the excess is what's done, right? So if somebody has, I mean, it's not often, but if somebody has a pump effect or something like that, well, cool. They still have to use that to save their creature, but Mm -hmm. it's going to take seven damage. It's not a, I'm going to assign five damage to this and then two damage to that. It's no, I'm going to assign seven damage to this. Are there any effects? Mm -hmm. And then the rest is done. So I, I kind of like it. Uh, as an instant speed. The instant speed is actually what sells me on it. I love the idea of somebody attacking me with a Voltron commander that's equipped with a sword and just, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to deal five damage to it and then blow up one of your swords. Or, you know, four damage to it and blow up one of your swords, depending on what's going on. I like that as kind of a rebuttal and uh, Unleash the Inferno is pretty cool to me. It is an interesting piece of removal here. Well, you know what we we took we took a break from our confluences, and I you know what I just keep dragging them right back in. I I hunger for them again. So uh, why don't you talk to me about our next one? Cabaret the confluence. Do that right. Uh, I don't know if it's got any of the, uh, you know, Ital- uh, the uh, tildes or anything. Yeah, yeah. But I'll take it. Sure. Yeah, Cabaret Confluence. uh, It's three generic 
Red, green, white. That's six mana again. We're back up there. Sorcery, mm-hmm. choose three. You know how it works. First option, create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. It gains haste and sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Second option, exile target artifact or enchantment. And third option, creatures target player controls get plus one, plus one, and gain first strike until end of turn. Interesting stuff here. Hey, hey, I take it back. I think this is my favorite one so far. <laughs> You're just I, saying that because it is an alpha strike right on top of it. That's It's not even that, because the alpha strike of plus one, plus one, and first right. strike... You know, but it's I, also giving you those those awesome creature copy effects. Yeah. yeah. Well, my and my whole thing exile. was the yeah, yeah. There's no bad one on this, right? There really isn't. Yeah, because if you're playing, you know, Cabaretti, but or you know, Naya or whatever you want to call it, right? If you're playing this, you're probably going wide, just because those that's. I those think when you play this, you just try to set up your Alpha Strike and just take it right there, right? Right. And you can do that. You could, uh, you know what? I'm going to give my creatures plus three, plus three. Get first rid of that Acroma's Memorial you have there. Sure. Uh, but even if it's exile three artifact or enchantments for six mana, it's not the best return, but it's yeah. not the worst. You if know? that needs to happen, the board state was in a really bad place. Right. Yeah. But maybe you have a lot of cool artifacts and enchantments and you don't want to blow up the entire <laughs> board. You just want to blow up those terrible, terrible things. Of course. Uh, creating tokens of creatures that you control. Giving them haste. haste and then yeah. doing stuff like, yeah, cool. Love that. Uh, yeah, this is a cool card. Yeah, I think this, uh, you're right. I think with Go Wide decks, they're going to find uh, a lot of uses for this one. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to our last uh, confluence here. Broker's Confluence. Two, green, white, blue. For an instant, we're back to instance. Choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. Proliferate. Gross. Uh, target gross. creature faces out. Also gross. Counter target activated or triggered ability. Also gross. All of these things are are words that make me sad and scared and excited and ooh. Mm. <laughs> this is a strong one. Proliferate is, of course, proliferate. It's yep. very powerful. You choose any number of permanents and or players and then give each another counter of each kind already there. Um, yep. Lots of decks love this, as evidenced by the fact that Atraxa was the most popular commander for, uh, I think, five years straight. Yep. Five mana proliferate yeah. three Target is creature good. Phases out is mm-hmm. really good. Yep. Instant speed. You were talking about Voltron. Um, well, that's basically going to make them their attack just not happen. And incidentally, all of the stuff they had attached to it, if they have any auras or equipment attached mm-hmm. to that permanent that phased out, that will also phase out. So you could really host somebody with that. And you can also or save, save your, your own, own stuff. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Phasing out just, your own stuff makes it ugh. almost untouchable. There's almost nothing that can be done other than, other than waiting for it to come back and then hitting right. it again. Phasing yeah. out, it's uh, it's gone, Mike. Yeah, I I like Broker's Confluence a lot. This I is just, nice. Again, I, I, I you you mentioned Atraxa, and I, I recently built it. Then right, I'm phasing out Atraxa, and then we have counter activated your triggered ability, and people keep forgetting this fact that includes Planeswalker loyalty abilities. Yeah, you can hit the big ultimate and say no. I am that guy who's running that spell. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that magic player, Mike. 
you don't get to have it. And they already spent the loyalty, and so now it's probably dead, and also you don't get the ultimate effect. If people are running Planeswalkers in their decks for the specific cause of doing the ultimates, they're probably doing something terrifying. So <laughs> Probably the running ability a super friends deck. Yeah, the ability to turn it off feels pretty good. Um, good job, Broker's Confluence. Uh, we've got one more mm-hmm. non-commander uh, spell that I want to talk about, and I, I like it. Um, Soul of Emancipation, four green, white, blue. So seven mana for a five, seven creature avatar. When Soul of Emancipation enters the battlefield, destroy up to three other target non-land permanents. For each of those permanents, its controller makes a three, three white angel creature token with flying. Mike, it's Terastodon. It's Terastodon. It's Terastodon 2.0. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I think it's more fun Terastodon. Right. Terastodon can't hit creatures. So usually people use lands. it to hit lands. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> what people do. This one can't hit lands. And it also hands out uh, a, three, three much, flyers. a much more attractive creature yeah. token. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good enough that. I can imagine a situation where you just get rid of three of your one ones and give yourself nine flying power. If you want to be the nicest version of this card, yeah, absolutely. No, you and you probably can hit do your that. opponent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I'm fine with that. You know, and it, it, the non land permanence. Cool. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm all for destroying non land permanent unless that, you know, land is a glacial chasm or something where it's, oh, well, I can't win now because <laughs> you have that on the board. So, yeah, Soul of Emancipation is pretty good. I, I like that it is slightly less buff, slightly lower costed, but more difficult costed Terastodon. I think this is like Rune's new best friend. Any blink deck that can run this. Oh what yeah. What an ETB. Oh my god. Oh yeah. No, it's it's uh it, it does some good work here. Uh yeah. Good job, Soul of Emancipation. So those are our the non-legendary uh, spells that we're talking about here. What of all of those that in the, we can include our colorless cards as mm-hmm. well? What do you think of all of those as your favorite of what we've talked about? Gosh, I think it might just be false floor. I, you know, here's the thing. I don't, I, I knew it wasn't false floor for me. Okay. But I knew that I like it a lot. And I, I was looking through everything, and I'm like, I, I, I bet Alex is going to pick. It's four. it's devastating. It's like we talk about Ned's disc all the time. We talk about Rabbit's mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people properly appreciate the chilling effect. Right? It's that's the true power of stacks. It's not just that people aren't able to play their stuff. It's also that you make them less willing to play it of their own volition. They don't want to play their stuff. Right. So now you have two different things making people basically give up, which means they make really bad decisions and you can lock the game out and win. But yeah. even if you're not playing that mean, it still is going to have that effect. People are going to feel it. They're like, man, I don't want to play a creature into that. Are you nuts? You're you're making people think. Exactly. And and playing the games in the games are are that's it's fun. It's great. Uh I it it's probably the wrong answer. I, there is I, no wrong answer, Mike. I like Riveteer's Confluence yeah. a lot. The problem is every deck that I would play it in, I actually probably can't. 
I can't play it in Vivictus because that is a deck that the the subtype that I have for it is there. No, it's it's all permanent. Right, Oops, limits. all permanent. Exactly. Um, I I guess maybe I put it in Thantis, but I probably don't. So it's it's my favorite card, but, but there's not, not a whole lot of places it. I want to use it anywhere. Yeah, Soul of Emancipation just makes me smile. Just hey, here's my seven mana five seven. Blow that up. Blow that up. Blow that up. Have some angels. You're literally destroying their permanence, sending them to heaven, giving them an angel. Oh, like <laughs> it's it's such a silly card that already has like a meaner predecessor. It's like you know what we're gonna do this again, but we're gonna make it a little bit different. This is cheaper and than Teresa like by it. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just just in the oh, you have to have the green, you have to have a white, you have sure, to have the blue. Sure. But yeah, it's it's less aggressively costed for sure, and I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but as much as I like that card, we're gonna get into the commanders here. Oh boy! And uh, what a commander selection, Mike. A lot of words, a lot of things, and uh, politics. I, I, we're probably going to have some very differing opinions on a couple of them, Ooh, which I'm always excited about. Fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Err. Got err. Uh, but <laughs> we're going to do that uh, after a quick break. We're going to talk commanders. I'm excited. Oh, There's a lot of commanders. I'm uh, excited, too. First one, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll hold back on the Dolly Parton jokes, even though I-, I Oh, come I've, on. I, all right, Jolene, the Plunder Queen, uh, two red green for a 2-2 legendary creature human warrior. Whenever a player attacks one or more of your opponents, that attacking player creates a treasure token. If you would create one or more treasure tokens, instead create those tokens plus an additional treasure token. Sacrifice five treasures. Put five plus one plus one counters on Jolene. This is a fun card. This is just wacky. I love it. Force combat. Yes. More. Encourage attacking. Yes. Let's go. Ah, Jolene, the plunder queen is very good. I'm glad that, that she is just quote unquote, a two, two. Right. I'm I'm a big fan of that. I am a big fan of everybody uh, attacking and trying not to attack you. Uh, it's, this is a cool card. You'd need to include a lot more incentive than that though, right? Because no matter how many creatures they declare as attackers and no matter how many opponents that they attack those creatures with, they're still only going to make exactly one treasure at most per turn. We got to really pump that up. We got to add in more effects. You say that, but if all things are equal and I can attack you and get a treasure, or I can attack somebody else and not get a treasure. If everything else is equal, I'm going to attack you. That's right? true, but nothing else will ever be equal, right? Because unless it's, the board state is completely empty, which sometimes it is, mm-hmm. there's going to be who is the blocker, who right. do I need to deal with? You know, we. I feel that Jolene would definitely want to stack the deck, and, and in red and green, she can. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Jolene is very cool. Um I here's the thing. I like it when a commander, when a legendary creature, uh, I say, oh, this fits into a 99 of a lot of stuff. And I would also be totally comfortable running this as the commander of a deck. Jolene hits that. Uh, I, I like her. I, I, I like her a lot. Good job. Good start. <laughs> um, let's talk about something 
completely the opposite, specifically because it includes all the other colors but red and green. Uh, why don't you talk to me about Tivit? Sure. Uh, Tivit, Seller of Secrets, is three white, blue, black, six mana for a legendary creature, Sphinx Rogue. Mm-hmm. Say six, six with flying and word three. Those are very good things. And it has Consul's Dilemma. Whenever Tivit enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, starting with you, each player votes for evidence or bribery. For each evidence vote, investigate. For each bribery vote, create a treasure token. While voting, you may vote an additional time. They wow, made a voting wow, commander. Wow, this is the <laughs> this is the voting commander. This is the one. Yeah. You know, people used to use uh, whatever they use, send triplets, uh, just cards in uh, these color combinations, just to get access to the to the voting effects. But finally, right. finally, we have a voting commander. So, is it weird that I think this is busted? It's like, uh, it's pretty solid. It's uh, Ward 3 on a 6-6 six, six flyer for mm-hmm. 6 is – that's just good. That's just good. It's not it's not crazy, but it's right. good. Enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, and it has flying, and it has Ward 3. So it's got a couple of different versions of onboard evasion. Um, You're going to make – what what's going to likely happen every time? You're going to make – Three clues and two treasures. That's solid. Yeah, if, I think that you you personally will usually want to pick the treasure token. Right. And that your opponents will tend to prefer to give you clue tokens because I think that for the most part, treasure tokens are just better. Treasure tokens yeah. give you immediate access to mana, whereas clue tokens require a mana investment to get out the card mm. draw. It's not that clue tokens are bad. It's just that treasure tokens are busted. But okay, let's say let's let's say instead, this card said when it enters the battlefield or attacks, make two clue tokens and crack a clue because that's what I read it as. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get two treasure tokens, and I can use those treasure tokens immediately to use one of those clues, still have the other tokens, and be in pretty right. good shape. I don't know and, if I would call whoo- this busted or too strong or or broken i, I think that this it, is, it's not broken this is I just, at an appropriate I, power level for the meta that it costs word three obviously does make it difficult to spot it makes move. a big difference yeah it does it does but if uh the board gets wiped and you have to cast this again mm-hmm. that's painful that hurts a lot I mean, depending on how many treasure tokens you've gotten at that point, but yes, <laughs> I, 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 I just like that they, we, we've, we've wanted a bunch of different things. We've wanted a curse commander, and then they brought us curse commander, right? Right. We've wanted a voting commander, and they brought us a vote commander. I'm glad that they didn't like because it was so on theme. They didn't make it a bad card outside of it. A six six flying ward three. Mm-hmm. That enters and whenever it deals damage have this cool effect, but you get this effect twice and you get this effect for other voting effects. Right. That's the Big other fan. nice thing is right is that the deck that you make with this, the commander is uh, just extra value, right? You don't mm-hmm. need the commander to be on the battlefield to be able to run your voting deck. It just makes your voting deck better when it's on the battlefield. 
We finally found a way to make expropriate better. Finally. Thank goodness. Oh, God. Um, we finally broke expropriate, everybody. Yeah, we, we did, did it, everybody. Uh, speaking of uh, finally breaking something, Lord Xander, the oh collector. Oh, my God. Four blue, black, red for a 6-6 six, six legendary creature, vampire, demon, noble. When Lord Xander, the collector, enters the battlefield, target opponent discards half the cards in their hand, rounded down. Whenever Lord Xander attacks, defending player mills half their library, rounded down. When Lord Xander dies, target opponent sacrifices half the non-land permanents they control, rounded down. When target player casts Lord Xander, everybody cries, rounded up. Um, yeah, uh, that last this part's is, not in there, but Mike hits it's, an, it's implied. Mike hits it, an it's, important point here. This is <laughs> the kill on sightingest commander that has ever been. But it's out. not. <laughs> That's the problem. It's 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 the counter on site. It's, it's the exile right. on site. You don't kill it on site. You Killing on site, bad. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't let it resolve. And if somebody puts it down on the table, you can't let them also sit at that table. You can't yeah. let them playing the game resolve. You have to eject them from the game store. I'm just don't actually do that. But seriously, right, this right, thing right. is really powerful. So, okay, quick diatribe here. Um, I made uh, Blind Commander decks for uh, my playgroup at one point. I, yeah. I told them either give me an effect that you want and I'll make a deck for you or give me a commander that you've always wanted to play but you haven't ever made the deck and I'll make a deck for you. And one of them picked Child of Alara. And hey. I was – and my first thought was I should be concerned about you. Are you yeah, okay? exactly. You um, but then I made Child of Alara and all it was was ramp, weird pump effects and – uh, instant speed uh, black spells that say when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield with a plus one plus O counter or something, you know, weird stuff like that to just bring it back out. And I think this is another deck where it's, you know what, I'm going to play this. And if I'm going to play this, I don't want to play it with all the other terrible effects that encourage all this. No. Does it even matter? I, I'm just going to try and let this let people kill this thing. It, it doesn't matter. Holy cow, this is messed up it's card. It's so, so oppressive. This is just like, this is how you make enemies and not friends, right? Well, we have the you said enemies. You said enemies, plural. Right. Yes. Would this card be better or worse if it was each opponent? I know it'd be more powerful if it was each opponent, but... I would be more comfortable playing that than target player feels really, really bad every time. <laughs> oh, man. ETBs, somebody's losing half their hand. Yep. Which, gross. Yep. When it attacks, somebody's milling half their library. So, way stronger than, uh, what's our good boy, Eldrazi, the Titan. Oh, goodness. It's Ulamog. Ulamog. Right. So Ulamog, <laughs> the main thing about Ulamog, obviously, other than being an enormous 10-10 indestructible body and that you get the two exile, the main thing about Ulamog that people are actually scared about is exiling the top 20 cards of someone's library when, when okay. they attack. That's really scary because people already don't like Mill, but at least with Mill you have an option to maybe get something back exile in the top 20 um that's pretty devastating but milling half of someone's library 
Seems rough. Hope they don't play Baruvek. Oh, gosh. Like, that would that just ends the game. Um, and then when he, he dies. Oh, yeah. Sacrifice Wait. half the non-land permanents that player controls. I, what do you even say? This is yeah. you can't let this hit the table. It's yeah. too good. Again, it's it's not remove on site. It's remove before it can be yeah, seen. It's counter on before <laughs> I see it. It's I'm gonna play. I'm I'm gonna tap seven and I'm gonna cast Lord. No, I don't even care what the rest of the words just are. Sudden just substitution case. and gain control of that spell. Oh, gross! I don't uh, want yeah. that either. No, I don't. I don't want it to be on my battlefield either. The people are going to be mad at me. <laughs> I mean, this is you. Why is it a six six? Don't bring this to your local game store. It's a bad idea. This is Kirik. This is Urza. This is old Narsa. This is the kind of thing that, even if you're thinking that you built it fair, you can't because this commander. All you have to do is cast it, and you just start mm. destroying your opponent's ability to play the game. Does. Is it a 6-6 because they wanted it to be very tough and scary as well? Or is it a 6-6 because they wanted to make sure that it wasn't so, like, low in toughness that you couldn't kill it on your own as easily? I I think they made it a 6-6 so that they could make the casting cost 7 mana. Sure. Because if they made this, like, a 1-1 and it costs, like, 4 mana or (laughs) 5... You, if you, what I'm saying is, if this was a two-two and it still costs seven mana, I'd get it. Like right. I'd understand it. You know what I'm saying? So the six-six, I'm just sitting here. Is it a six-six because? Oh, it's seven mana. D- don't worry about what the other effects are. Like, yeah, they're good. So we have to give it a good power and toughness. Or is it a six-six because? Oh no, we don't want people to be able to do two damage to this on their own creature and kill it, and then just oh my god, oh, gross. Lord Xander is too too good. He's too beautiful and let's and let's talk about for this a, a card that makes me happy instead of a card that makes me sad. Sounds uh, great. Parnese, Parnesi, help me out. Parn Parmesan, Parmesan, subtle brush. Parmesan, the subtle brush. <laughs> a two blue, black, red for a legendary creature, mm-hmm. vampire wizard. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability, an opponent controls counter that spell or ability unless that player pays for life and whenever you copy a spell up to one target opponent may also copy that spell they may choose new targets for that copy she's a 4-4 big fan Mike this just created copy tribal group hug yeah yeah my is it weird that my only sad thing about this card is that there's not green so I can't I be like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and hey, you're gonna rampant growth as well, friend. Let's go. Right. I I like I like this card. Uh, this is so decent cool. cost. Decent cost, and it's not an aggressive countermeasure, right? Like it's it, essentially it becomes ward pay for life, and for every every permanent you control, and I'm pretty fine with that. You know, it's it's not crazy. 4-4 four, four sticks around. But, yeah, copy tribal and up to one. It, it I, I almost wish that it wasn't up to one. I wish it was choose an opponent. So you had to do it. That's I consider myself, if I were to build this deck, 
I would have to do it every time. That would be a rule, yeah. The (laughs) rule is that I always have to pick an opponent, no matter what, who gets to copy the spell. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just not copying a spell. Yeah. You might win the game, but you'll lose the war if that's the case. (laughs) No, you know what? I can't let anybody copy Uh, this. Well, then you lose. (laughs) There are a lot of effects in the game that allow you to copy arbitrary spells. Most of them are in red and blue. Mm-hmm. And well, Mike, I think this is going to be a really interesting deck. I have to wonder how other people would build this, right? How would you make this something that doesn't benefit your opponents? Because most players don't want to do that. I don't. Do you think that you copy like a bad spell i don't understand I don't, what what you would do or do they just not understand her at all i don't think this card was made with the idea of traditional edh play so you think they're just scratching their heads on this one yeah yeah because it's this is a right, group great. girl so, right here well again here's here's the way that you would read this spell if it wasn't somebody who was looking for uh group hug sharing social interaction as opposed to board interaction uh five mana for a four four legendary creature vampire wizard Permanence you can you and permanence you control have ward for or have ward pay for life. When you copy a spell, you can choose somebody to cast a copy of said spell. That's not going to happen. Like that, that's that's not good enough to run unless you're. No, I'm going to share some effects. We're going to do some stuff. That's the you thing. Know what? It's like she has to do. You have to use that ability to justify even playing her. The only thing that I can think of. That, uh, ooh. So if you could copy curses, this would be fun. Because you can basically just turn it into two-headed giant. (laughs) Uh, Hey, I'm going to cast this curse spell, but I'm going to copy it, but then you're going to do it. So we're going to give lots of these curses away. Uh, If you were going to... Which one were demonstrate cards? Ooh, demonstrate would be good. We're running all three demonstrates that are in this spell, in this... What about about if you cast the spell... And your whole thing was just, hey, I'm going to cast this spell. I'm going to copy it, and I'm going to let you copy it, but it can't target me. So basically. And and that's all it is. It's just, this is, it's a very good politics commander. It's great. But I think that's the only way that it's played. Otherwise, there's not really a whole lot of benefit to it. I would like to take a look at at what people are suggesting because- that's no matter how political and how crew puggy we might see a card, somebody, I mean, the majority of people are always going to try to find some way to make it so it only benefits uh, her controller and never your opponents, which I think is boring. But to me, that's like, why? I don't understand. Yeah. This is an interesting deck. And, and uh, who knows? We might talk about her more in the future. That's a really yeah. cool idea for a commander. I do like it. Um, Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about another Jund. Uh, uh, this is the one that everybody's like. Look how evil we can make it. Oh, you see, we're saying evil, and like, yeah, you can, but also, no, this is dope. the fun card. Yeah, the Beamtown Bullies. Uh, one black, red, green for a legendary creature, ogre war- warrior, four four with vigilance and a haste, which I think is actually the roughest part about this card. The fact that it's got haste is terrifying. Um. Tap it. Target opponent whose turn it is 
puts target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under their control. It gains haste. Goad it. At the beginning of the next end step, exile it. Yeah, so everyone's f- basically Ugh. designing this deck like Zedru, where they're yeah, just trying I'm to gonna force- give you something terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. To me, that's just by far the most boring way you could possibly build this deck. This is the gift-giving deck. Admittedly. Boring, fine. Effective, still effective. <laughs> still, I'm not saying it's not effective. Yeah. We're not, yeah, I just, this Perish is a quick the thought disclaimer. that players who are trying to win the game at any cost aren't being effective. It's yes. effective, but is it as fun for me? And the answer is yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. I prefer I, it, this is- <laughs> to think of these guys as like, oh, well, I'm just going to start milling myself and mm. I'm going to run like 50, 60 creatures in my deck and just start handing them around. Like, oh, you want this one here? This is another, I mean- another Jund commander that I wish that I had instead of my current John commander. I mean, it's, it's going in Vivictus immediately. Nice. It's going, nice. it's going into Thantis immediately. What a I, fun card. I really like this one. I, I will say this. It is a cool commander. Yes. I don't want to build this commander hmm. as a deck. Yeah. I've got, I've got more than one John deck already, but I don't want to build this because I, I will fall into the trap too easily. Of giving them bad stuff? Of give, Not of giving them bad stuff, but of, hey, how do I make this more powerful? You know what I mean? Because this is an effect where it is so open-ended. And the idea of, oh, I'm going to give them something crazy just happens too quickly. And I don't want to do that with a deck like that. I, I want it to be a silly deck. I want it to have fun. I want to, yeah. oh, look, here's this dead thing. Here you go. Like... My favorite thing that I looked at when I first saw this is like, oh, it would be super fun to give somebody a soccer tribe elder. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like stuff like that. I mean, considering then, that it reanimates yeah. as basically a sneak attack, I mean, you would just run all these absurdly high, just enormous beaters that right. you hand to your opponents are like, hey, knock yourself out. I mean, this is, and, it's so cool. And I said it early and, and people might be, getting it a little twisted here where I said the the problem that I have with this card is the fact that it has haste. I understand that it has to be somebody else's turn. So the sequencing has to be there. But the fact that you cast this past your turn and now every opponent (laughs) that you're looking at is looking at you and so what are you going to do? Who can we offload this fine dragon onto this You know what I mean? It's oh man, it's it's eight up, and I I dig it. Don't get me wrong, but I I it just makes me sad when people take a perfectly good political group hug commander and turn it into something that it's not, which is fun for the whole table. I mean, you say that it's it's still fun for the whole table. All right, uh, <laughs> to our listeners, what what creatures would you give your opponents for? fun and political purposes. I don't want to hear about all the mean, nasty stuff because I've seen it already. Right. What what beaters would you give to your opponents <gasps> so that they can wreak havoc? Why have we not said this already? We're not talking about havoc. How are we not giving somebody a veteran explorer? Do <laughs> <laughs> You mean the one that we just killed to ramp yeah. everybody and now we ramp it again yeah <laughs> on turn one oh yeah we cast veteran explorer yeah. on turn two we attack into somebody else's mana dork we kill our veteran explorer we make beam town bullies we cast beam town bullies 
And then on that well, same not even turn, turn three, turn two. How are you <laughs> we getting... got there. Turn one. Uh-huh. Hold on. I, we have to math this out now. Like there's turn no one, way. La- turn one, play a land, veteran explorer. You have to play a land that can make green mana. Yes. No, hold on. Turn uh-huh. one, play a forest, okay. veteran explorer. Turn two, yeah. attack veteran explorer into somebody that has a, a, man, has a mana dork. Okay. Veteran explorer dies. You get two basics. You play your land drop for your turn. You now have four mana. You cast the Beamtown Bullies. And then on somebody else's turn, you give them a Veteran Explorer. It's turn two and a half. And now you've given the team, you've given the entire. That's how you board make the table of four lands. Like. Everybody gets lands. Mm-hmm. All of the Battle Cruiser. Let's go. Let's go. Junda <laughs> gets the best stuff, dude. Speaking of, uh, Vazi. Keen Negotiator. Two, black, red, green for a 3-3 legendary creature human advisor with haste. Is anytime it has advisor in the title, I you get know, a little bit worried. It's about to be some messed up stuff. Yeah. Uh, tap. Target opponent creates X treasure tokens, where X is the number of treasure tokens you created oh, this turn. Oh, my God. Cool. Um, whenever an opponent casts a spell or activates an ability, if mana from a treasure was spent to cast it or activate it, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature, then draw a card. Yes. This is so, great. Here's here's where I love this. Treasures feel like they are becoming one of the more abused things. In, the in treasures are already completely busted. Yeah. So this is a, hey, I'm going to do fair treasure. Because... You, it's not for each mana, it's if mana. So if you give somebody 10 treasures and they use 10 treasures to cast into an X spell, you're going to get the benefit of one of those treasures, mm-hmm. not all of them. Cool. So it's not you over abusing anything at the same time. This is just a cool, I'm going to make treasure, you're going to make treasure. It's literally a share the wealth deck. And that's pretty interesting to me. The rules committee has name dropped Dockside Extortionist twice without ban. Uh huh. <laughs> it's 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 that, on the wanted. That list. card is yeah. It's it's a dead goblin walking. I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> it might not happen next time or the time after. But is anyone going to be surprised when Dockside Extortionist gets banned? And I think Man, that's Dockside Extortions is the best card in this deck. See, again, is it though? Because I don't, e- even in my group huggy sense, I don't want to give somebody eight treasures. Sure, you with do. This card. Nah, because it's, uh, because again, if I give them eight treasures or I give them one, it's going to be of the same benefit to me. Unless I can talk them into, okay, I'm going to give you eight treasures. I need you to use it to cast four different spells. <laughs> like, I'm getting benefit the same to you amount is not, of benefit. is not only the plus one, plus one counter in the card draw. And the tr- it's also okay. pumping up and creating this, uh, this powerful ally that now has additional mana and right. probably very little desire to spend it against you. I mean, this there is... is if if this was every opponent, it'd be fine. This can get really nasty. That's the other thing is uh, we can look at this. We can see it's an activated ability. 
It's not an activated mana ability, which means mm. that we can copy it with effects mm-hmm. like Illusionist Bracers. Which is I mean, just yeah, disgusting. You, you can give everybody a lot of... You can give people a lot of treasure. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's definitely the best Kingmaker deck I can think about. <laughs> well, you're literally the treasurer. Yeah, if you're if you're playing if you're playing kingdoms and you get the knight, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, whatever deck I had before, it's this one now. My my liege, have all of the treasures. Have all my of the coffers. God. Um no, Vazi is cool. I like I I don't think that I would run Vazi in the 99. I do think it would be fun to build a deck around she does kind of insist on being your commander. It, yeah, because I don't know. How many... I like that there's green in there. I really do. Because up until recently, I felt like green wasn't one of the bigger treasure uh, colors. Black I saw, red I saw. So if it's green, there's not a whole lot of treasure-based commanders I'm really looking... Well, uh, never mind, Corvold. Corvold likes sacrificing things. He Never sure mind. does. You know what? Vazi's cool. Hey, everybody, if you're playing Corvold, put Vazi in there. It'll be stupid, but Just it'll be fun. Just take out Corvold and make Vazi your commander. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try it. See if it works. It probably won't, but you know what? People aren't going to grow nearly as much when you cast your commander. Um, moving on. Um, <laughs> it. Moving on to probably my favorite named commander, Kit Kanto, Mayhem Diva. One, red, green, white for a legendary creature, Cat Bard Druid. That's a 3-3. Three, three. When Kit Kanto enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. At the beginning of combat on each player's turn, you may tap two untapped creatures you control. When you do, target creature that player controls gets plus two, plus two, gains trample until end of turn, goad that creature. Cool. Wow. Cool. It's 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 neat. It's uh Duelist Heritage, the commander. It is. Except instead of double strike, it's plus two plus two trample and goad. Right. The double strike is great. It um is. no, you don't get to attack me with that thing. Very good. Yes. And the fact that it's the fact that you cast this card and it immediately becomes effective with its other abilities exactly. is very cool. This is a forced combat deck. Died in the wool. Just yeah. Goad the also, things. The D and D player in me is loving the fact that it is a Tabaxi multi-classed character. <laughs> it's low. Yeah, we also have to talk Kat about that name that you're so happy about. Kit, of course, being Cat, and yep. Kanto, of course, being the romantic root for uh, Sing. Or yeah, singer. Cat and then Cat singer. And then you go into Mayhem Diva, like that's a that's a didn't, dang title. Uh, didn't we already have a Mayhem Diva? What is Judith? Or uh, Scourge Diva. S- Scourge Diva. Oh, we got yeah, Scourge yeah. Diva and Mayhem Diva. Mayhem. See, here's the thing, Scourge. That's you're there to mm-hmm. be a problem. Right. You want people to be upset with you. Mayhem Diva. Mayhem is like chaos. It can be great. It just means people don't understand. Everything's all crazy. Ah. I Kit Kanto is very good. Also, like way to make if if you told me, hey, here is the name of this card, but they took away the art. 
And then I had to pick I think the I would art make from the like set. A cat lounge singer. It's like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like it, this is the I. This is the one art that for sure, if I didn't know mm-hmm. and I had to play the matching game, I would have gotten this one on the first try. There you go. Very cool. We have another. Uh, uh, cat, hit me up. Yeah. Don't we? Thabane yeah. bosses confidants. Mm-hmm. This is a three red, green, white, six mana for a legendary creature cat advisor. There's that advisor subtype again. Something uh, bad. She's a three six with creature tokens you control have haste. That's terrifying. And Continue. <laughs> one of my favorite ability words of all time, parlay. Ooh. Parlay. At the beginning of combat on your turn, each player reveals the top card of their library. For each land card revealed this way, you create a one one green white citizen creature token. And then creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn for each non-land card revealed this way. Then each player draws a card. That's the thing about parlay, right? Is no matter how awesome it is for you, you're still making everyone draw a card, which I just love. This is, this is scary. This goes wide in the terrifying fashion. It It's scary. <laughs> Like, just the idea of, hey, it's a 3-6 for 6, cast it, great, combat, cool. I'm going to make two one ones and, man, two one ones that get plus 2, plus 2, and then draw a card, just off of, just off of an average, right? That's pretty nuts. And being able to repeat that at combat. Yeah. Woo! Take multiple combats, copying the trigger. This is a trigger that you'd love to get multiple times. I'd, I'd like Fabian. Fabian is going to be a, <laughs> definitely going to be in a, in a, it, definitely in a 99, probably going to be something that I, I want to actually make a deck out of in the future. Cause it's interesting. And parlay always deserves to be played when it can be. Um, Let's move on to our next color set here. Kroos, Defense Contractor. One, green, white, blue for a 2-4. Cat Advisor. More Advisor. This is... Uh, the cat Advisors is so dangerous. Yeah, they're... they're man, the, the cats are out to play. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a shield counter on target creature and opponent controls. Whenever you put one or more counters on a creature you don't control, tap that creature and goad it. It gains trample until your next turn. So... Talk to me about this card. Well, uh, right off the bat, we have very much an enforced political commander, right? This isn't one that you can play to your own advantage exclusively. Mm. You have to play the politics game because, number one, on your upkeep, you're giving an opponent's creature a shield counter. Let's go over what a shield counter is. Uh, That's... The next time that that creature would take damage or be destroyed, instead, remove a shield counter, yep. um, which basically makes it indestructible, effectively. Yeah, it's a it's a one-time no. Right. And then whenever you put one or more counters on a creature you don't control, for example, at the beginning of your upkeep, you'll tap that creature, goad it in against trample. Um. So you're not just giving them out from the goodness of your heart, right? This is another, man, so much combat, so much combat in this set. You're forcing that creature to attack in. 
it's gaining trample, and it effectively has indestructible once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't even have to necessarily be playing with shield counters. You could play this as plus one, plus one counters, start handing those out. Yep. Any kind of counter that you put out. Now you're also goading, you're also giving a trample, and you're just creating utter chaos. Um, these are kind of starting to blend together, Mike. All these different goading commanders and all the different guilds. Why is goad such a prevalent keyword across multiple different guilds? Because it's fun. It is fun. And we've been talking about this forever. We've talked about how I know, cool we've been talking about goad for so long. I'm so happy to see, like, it's a, th- I get it as a theme for this set where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's, we're talking about mafia families and, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, con- literally, defense contractor, I'm gonna protect you, but yeah. you're gonna go attack somebody for me. Like, I love that theme and I'm happy that Goat is big in this set. Here's the other part of it. The first time I read this card, I was really bummed out that it said upkeep instead of end step. Because mm-hmm. I was excited for this to be turn. Yeah, I was yeah. excited for this to be played. And then if I didn't have anything else, if there was, if, you know, maybe this is on curve and it's whatever. I was kind of bummed out. Then I thought about proliferate. Yeah. And then I thought about Atraxa. Yeah. And then I thought about all of the things and all of the items where you can give stuff things that we normally play because it's fun. But now there's a better benefit to right. it. I will absolutely pump up another creature, give it a plus one, plus one counter, and then goad it. That's the thing is once you start spreading those counters around, like you said, proliferate is going to trigger that ability for every mm-hmm. single creature that it hits which is as many creatures as have counters that you're willing to hit, which could be most or all of them, depending on right. on what, what you're, you're doing. doing. What they're doing, and, yeah. And for all of those, you're tapping them all down, you're goading all of them, and they all gain trample. Well, and not just that. This still has an alpha strike ability to it. Because if you're able to put counters on stuff that other people control, right. you're tapping it. So if I can tap opponent, if I'm if I'm player one, if I can tap down a good portion of player four's board, mm-hmm. even if they're the go- one who has the, all the goaded creatures, player two and three have a good opportunity to get in some damage to them. Right. And then on the crackback, guess who's not going to be worried about it as much? Mm-hmm. Me, because their things are goaded. <laughs> it's, Kroos is a really fun card. Like another one of those, I would run it as the the commander. I'd run it in the ninety nine for a bunch of decks if I was playing, you know, a uh, if I was playing a plus one plus one counters deck or whatever I'm playing. I'd be I'd be totally fine with that. This is a very cool card. And yeah, uh, another one where the art is just like ah, oh, so this this is such a snide looking cat. Just yeah. just giving what a does he have to be happy about? Yeah. Well, you know what he has to be happy about? He knows no one's coming after him because they're buying they're 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 buying his shields. Um and as part of it, they're not gonna mess with them. Uh I'll tell you what, talk to me about our last commander here. Yeah, we only have one more card. And, and it's not an advisor, so let's go back to and basics here. It's not even a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lame. Boo. Lagrella the magpie. <laughs> uh, this is green, white, blue, three mana for a legendary creature human soldier. She's a two three. When Lagrella the Magpie enters the battlefield 
exile mm-hmm. any number of other target creatures controlled by different players until Legrella leaves the battlefield. When an exiled card enters the battlefield under your control this way, put two plus one plus one counters on it. Um, that wording feels a little bit confusing and ambiguous, but it's actually quite clear. You will choose up to one target creature for each opponent you have. Right? For each opponent, you can choose zero or one of their creatures. Uh, and it's... Uh, What's that uh, excellent instant speed effect? What's it called? Grasp of Fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is a very nice Grasp of Fate effect, except when it comes back under your control, it's getting the plus two, plus two. Now, first thing to keep in mind, it's an uncommon commander. Uncommon commanders tend to have very toned down power levels compared to rare and mythic rare commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said... Does she fit in the ninety nine as a as a grasp of fate in three colors that's repeatable? Man, maybe, maybe. It's just oh, it's it feels like a really good way to be a target, right? And no <laughs> shenanigans here. This is a single unified trigger, so you yeah. cannot permanently exile things with the grandma. Yeah, you can't permanently exile, right. and and if you blink. You're bringing stuff back. back. You're not going to, yeah, you're not, exactly. So you're not, you're not going to be in a spam it away to where, okay, great. This is, unless you're endlessly blinking Lagrella to just make things ridiculously big. I don't know. I, here's the, it's an interesting commander. I, I can't wrap my head around the way that I would make it work all the time. But I would absolutely include it in decks in the 99 as a creature-based grasp of fate or or O-ring. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I would absolutely put it in there as a uh, – like, you have your Vanifar deck where it's – and I, I know the colors don't match. But you have your Vanifar deck where it's built off of creatures. Right. And that's it. It's creatures, lands. Yep. And the creatures do cool things. I would absolutely run Lagrella in a – Creatures only, cool effects deck. Sure, because this is very much a unique. I mean, we've yeah. we've had Fiend Hunter, we've had O Ring creatures right. before. We've never had one that hit every player like right. Grasp of Fate can. Well, well, up to, and that's the part that right. I that, can, that's making me lean into it. it. You can absolutely, yeah, exactly. yeah, you can leave some people out of it if it's not going to benefit them. Right. Um, you can also pump stuff up for people if they're okay with it. Depending on what you're playing, I. So is Lagrella? If you're running this as your now, commander, what do you mean? Pumps playing, up for people. What is? What do you mean by that? So when an exiled card enters uh-huh. the battlefield this way, under oh, under your control. Okay, right. so I misunderstood. Okay. Got it. So you're pumping up your stuff when yes. you're doing that. Mm. I would have liked it a okay. lot better if it was uh, whenever any player uh, gets their exiled creature back, sure, and sure, sure, because that'd be really cool. But it just doesn't work that way. So back to your question before I so rudely interrupted. No, not at all. Thank you for putting me back on the right track here. So is Lagrella just like, if this is your commander, are you building just a blink-based deck with this? Yeah, I think that's... Uh... Blink, bounce, phase, just all of the all of the Lagrella's yeah, not here. Are you running O-Ring Tribal in this deck? I think so. Like, Lagrella seems like they would be a good... 
I'm thinking more stacks than anything, and I'm just trying to mirror box and all of the effects where I'm just trying to I'm trying to make as many copies of Lagrella as I can. Just an army of human soldiers that exile other stuff. Yeah. Uh I just uh, man, it's it's a cool card though. As far as a as far as a three mana two three O ring, it's great. Yeah. That's right. that's the interesting thing about uncommon commanders, right? Is is they're definitely weaker, but they can also have these very unique effects on them. Sure, sure. No, I, I, yeah. That, of of that, we can agree. Um, so I'll tell you what, Alex. That's yeah. that's it. We got we got through them. We all. did them all. 50, 50 cards. So I'll tell you what. We only talked about one other legendary creature and our other uh and our other episode on this set review which was urabrask yeah so we, so we could put urabrask in here too if you want sure um what's your favorite commander of the 11 we've talked about in this set Jeez. um i know <laughs> that is a difficult one right because when i when i started seeing all these i'm like oh my god how many political commanders could they possibly squeeze into this set turns out a, quite right. a few a lot of them I think that I've kind of naturally been gravitating toward uh, Parnese, the the subtle brush. Parnese, Parnabishan. Uh, somebody is going to make me feel very silly by giving me the correct pronunciation at some point. I hope. If it means anything at all, I've I've listened to and watched a couple of different set reviews about this. Yeah, and I think I've heard the same name, like enunci- uh, pronunciation, like twice. Okay, for this, no, for this card. no one agrees. So there might be a definitive, I mean, obviously there is a definitive name. Sure. But I think we're all in the dark for the time being, okay. so we're just going to be okay. We'll just call her and the Subtle Brush. The Subtle uh, Brush. The Subtle Brush is a very unique idea for a commander, uh, a demonstrate commander that mm-hmm. I think that if I don't see people building her in that political group hug way where we want people to be copying spells for uh, shenanigans for deals and benefits and mm-hmm. all the things we love to do. If it, if I just don't see that happening, maybe I get inspired to to start drafting a list for her. I don't know. I'm not committing to that, but she is exciting. She's interesting at the very least. No. There is, there is a uniqueness in a demonstrate commander. Um, don't say your favorite one is Lord Xander. Oh no, but it is. No. Um Uh-oh. no, it's okay. I we I haven't I haven't reached Dark Side yet. Um I will say this. I think my favorite commander is pro- I mean it's probably Kit Kanto. It's Kit Kanto. Like I, I want <laughs> like I'm looking at it and I just uh. can't like here's the thing. Jolene isn't my favorite commander. Which is your favorite name? But it's it it's my favorite ninety nine. Yeah, out of the ones that we talked about, and then I look at and then I look at Kroos, and I'm like, Kroos is actually like I want to make that deck. But Kit Kanto is a cat bar druid. It's the mayhem diva. Like, if all of if 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 if, if Kit Kanto is the mayhem diva, was a four mana three three, and that was it. I'd still find an excuse to run it into something. So the fact that it's a legendary creature that does cool stuff, well, all right. (laughs) 
Yeah. I like it. There's, we really have our pick of the litter here with political commanders, which is just so cool. Um, For sure. There's going to be some interesting stuff that's built out. Now, of this. I haven't I haven't looked at the list of the precons very closely this year, but if you have, can you comment? Like, did these decks just ooze politics, or is this just alternate commander, alternate not supported playstyle? From what I've seen, and I I haven't gone through all of it. Uh-huh. I think they made and and this will be fun for us to figure out for sure. It feels like what they made was the social contracts versions of an EDH game with precons because it, it it just felt like a whole lot of onboard negotiations and goad and interact with a player and choose a player and vote and a whole lot of stuff like that. To where the entire decks are. So we got really excited about the Strixhaven uh, Orzhov deck. We did. Uh, yeah. The Silver, Silver Quill. Because they made a political deck. Right? Right. And I think one of the things they realized is like, hey, this is a cool deck. But for it to be able to hang with other precons, it also needs to be pretty powerful. In comparison, because it's a political deck, which is a little bit harder, or you have to throw other things that aren't so political based in there. And I feel like what I've seen so far about these pre-cons is these are so built to work with each other on a very similar theme. Different ways, obviously, with the three with uh, three color commanders on everything. Mm-hmm. But they are all built to interact with each other. And interaction in this set is conversations, it's deals, sometimes because that's the best way of doing it, and sometimes because the card literally has truce in the title of the card. Mm. So it's been pretty cool to see as far as a... As far as a theme for a set, they've really stuck to it into the commanders as well. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good to see them leaning into, into politics. Um, obviously, we didn't like every single card that got printed, but I mean, mm-hmm. we've had more cards in this set that we were excited about than in pretty much any previous set review. Oh, for uh, sure. To my knowledge. It's 50 cards. It's 50 cards. And uh, bravo, honestly, we're uh, yeah. we're over the moon with just how cool all these political effects are. We've got the voting, we've got the mm-hmm. goading, we've got treasure, we've got make people's lives completely miserable, if that's up your alley, <laughs> Lord Xander. Um, yeah, this, is, I mean, it, this has marks. been a very, yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing, now that we have it, here's what'll happen. Either the reception on this set is going to be really good and this is going to be really fun and people are going to really like it and you and i and i think a lot of the people that listen to us are definitely going to be in on that sure or a mass majority of people are going to hate this set because of the politics because of the everything else i think they just do everything they can to ignore the politics which is so weird to me but here's the thing if they do that and the cards that do get play in this set and the cards that people do care about in this set are the 
you know, each land you control has tap at a treasure and oh, that's yeah, yeah, what yeah, gets yeah. through. Guess what? Wizards is going to see that. And those are going to be the kind of cards that come out and not our political, silly, everybody gets treasures, everybody yeah. gets goad, everybody gets stuff deck. So if you like this deck, if you like, or if you like this set, let us know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll proposition wizards. Hey, look at all the people that love this stuff. Please keep us, please give us more we of this. We got 20 guys who love this set. Look at that. You know, five five years from now, yeah. the next time that you're making a new set uh, and you can use this data. Uh, when you're making Conspiracy Take the Crown 3. Yes. Yeah. Battle Bond 2. Let's go. Battle Bond 2. Let's go. That's actually what the, the title of it has been called. I realize I've said bat, I've said let's go like several times today. Uh, but that's 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 because uh, uh, spoiler alert. Battle Bond 2, let's go, coming 2028? I don't know. Anyway, Alex, if people want to talk to you about me being a ridiculous person or some of the cool uh, political things they can do with cards or some judge questions or just see what you're building, uh, how are they going to reach you? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Lappermedic, L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. Um can of course catch me on our discord which michael give us in a second you can also check out uh if you're interested in infinite combos locking the game out using all these fun new political cards to make people's lives miserable uh well you know where to go commanderspellbook.com is a search engine for edh combos and we have new cabinet combos out in force uh, so if that sounds interesting to you please go check us out and uh, Mike, if they want to talk to us and our family on Discord, where would they go for that? So they're going to actually go to our our link in the show notes nice. because unfortunately, Discord links. If if I say it's that too to you, long. it's just going to yeah. it's going to be a jumble of letters. None of that's going to. We're help not a partner, you. but something that will help you. Bitly slash EDH underscore social. That's where you're going to be able to buy all of the cards that we've talked about, all the sleeves that you need to get for those cards, play mats to put those cards on, etc. Oh, wait, deck boxes to put those cards in. See, I knew I was going to miss something. Um, that's where you're going to go to go to our TCG player affiliate link. You'll be able to get all the cards you were going to get anyway, but you'll be able to help out the show in doing so. Uh, you can also reach us at uh, on Twitter at EDH underscore social, or you can email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. Also, last bit here, I didn't tell Alex that I was doing this. Oh my God. I told him, I, I've hinted at it a couple of times. Um, if you're a YouTube person, <gasps> I'm working on it. I've got several videos uploaded with the background. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna be be able to put our podcast on YouTube as well. Oh my gosh! Um, and depending on if we see you there, uh, maybe that's where we're gonna be doing you know more YouTube kind of content and maybe post some of the games that we've played with people on Twitch in the past and a whole bunch of other stuff because I want to get back into a format where we can start playing on our uh on on twitch so we can do all the other stuff here and the first step of that is getting the podcast itself uploaded onto youtube uh know that that is in the works there's already a few episodes loaded uh i'm gonna fine-tune a couple of things and then i'll give you the link in the near future i'm so but excited Excited to expand a little bit further and do a couple more things. Uh, excited for this set and expanding a couple of decks. And uh, hope that you all had a good time. Until next time. 
to our uh, to our listeners though, one last note: if if any of these commanders or precons really caught your eye, uh, tell us about it, and uh, maybe we'll be inspired to uh, talk about it on a future episode. Right? We could do oh, a sure. commander upgrade or a deck tech if our listeners wanted it. Absolutely. Yeah. Get in the Discord. That's where we're going to see you the easiest. And then you can get in everywhere else and you can hit us up there. Here, just spam us with request. I, I'm i fine with it. I'll read it all. Down for it. Right now, I want I want quantity. Give it, give it all. Uh, he asked for until it. You get, yeah, until that point. Now we'll talk to you soon.